Is Radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday Simpoesi streaming to you from the Gerigo land of the Eora Nation. My name is Ira and I'm just starting a call to performer and choreographer Bonnie Curtis, who is currently at AMPA, the Academy of Music and Performing Arts, taking a short break from her March Dance residency that is starting today. And during this residency, she is developing a multidisciplinary work about women and anger. The work is titled Girls Gone Wild, and it takes the lid off the smoldering pot of social expectations, gender roles, and repressed rage. Bonnie, good morning. Do we have you on the line? Yes, good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking a short break from what I'm sure is going to be a very fruitful week for you developing this piece. As shortly mentioned, the work that you're developing is called Girls Gone Wild. It is a choreographic piece that explores female suppression. I'm curious uh, if you could speak a bit about what inspired you to make this work. Was it an anger of a sort that was an impetus to make it? Yes, yeah, so for me as a person and as an artist, I'm, I guess, pretty obsessed with uh, the social expectations of women. And as someone that doesn't necessarily identify as a feminine woman um, and growing up with the the shame and, I guess, stigma surrounded with not fitting into what society wants women to be, that made me quite an angry person and... Um, it's really driven me to to make this work and you know i think uh initially i wanted to make a sequel of uh, a work i made a few years ago called girls 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 which was like a satirical work about the superficiality of celebrity culture and the objectification of women but i realized when i started doing some research is that women's anger is kind of in the forefront of the media like it's it's always there women are always angry but i think there's much more public attention to it and I thought yeah now's the right time to be doing this work and uh, when you are developing this work in terms of research what are you tapping into what are you researching what are your inspirations yeah so I've been um like I watch a lot of tv and movies um I'm inspired by pop culture and media and our society at large but I was reading this book called Rage Becomes Her uh, by Soraya Chamali. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it it really changed my life. Like, I think it's a book that everyone should read. It's It talks about women's anger and the causes and effects of it. And it's pretty mind-blowing. And it's also infuriating and upsetting and empowering all at the same time. Um, that work, that, that book has been a huge... Uh, it's it's really the catalyst for the direction I've gone with this work. Like, it we're using that as a resource quite heavily. Um, but you know, there's also people in Australia in, in our our day to day lives that have have also shown me that this is kind of the right time. And one of them is Grace Tame. Like the way that as as a woman with disability and as a sexual assault survivor, the way that she's being treated in the media for not smiling and appeasing to the patriarchy is pretty infuriating. So I think that has also been a big influence as well is, is that treatment of women who are sharing their voice and having a say about what they think.
Mm. And when you speak about the resource, uh, this book being a resource that you bring into the rehearsal space, uh, in, in what way? Is it through reading or discussion of some sections of that book? How does it actually work within this collaborative process with other dancers and collaborators on the show? Yeah, so when I was reading it, I would come in every every week that we would have a rehearsal and, and share bits that um, I found quite impactful and, and relevant to what we were doing. And I'd share that with the dancers that I'm working with um, and we discuss it. And then there's also quite a lot of metaphor. It talks about uh, like metaphors and imagery of women's anger, such as like simmering and boiling. And it talks about how they will kind of relate to kitchen metaphors, you know, which mm. is an interesting um, place for women's anger to be. Mm. And so you using that that is imagery and a stimulus for the movement as well mm. so this shimmering uh, image of shimmering body is something that you would then bring to the stage or to the rehearsal process yeah and and you know anger starts to simmer and it starts to boil before it erupts and explodes like it's it's like a boiling pot of water mm. um, on a stove top is this kind of uh, like the physicalization of that mm. And you also refer, we are speaking now about movement and choreography, but you're also referring to work as being multidisciplinary. And this is something that you as a performer are known for, that you use a variety of performance tools to convey an idea that's in your mind. So could you tell us a bit about the other disciplines or media that you bring into this work, how they are relevant to what you're trying to convey and how do they complement each other? Yeah, so my background is dance and I think dance is a really effective tool to say what words can't. The body can express so much, but it's also limited to what the body can express and to what the audience interprets that expression as. It's quite um, ambiguous at times. So I like to use uh, different theatrical elements such as theatre, spoken text, performance art, audience interaction, comedy, um, to really convey what, what I want to get across. I think I, I'm a performance maker, so I make performance. So I'm using all the elements that are complementary to each other that get across what I want to say. And I use the ones that I think will get across that the most effectively. So for some things, that's dance, some things that's spoken text or audience interaction or video. Um, in this work, we're going to be using a bit of video, which is something that I haven't done before um, in a live performance setting. So I'm quite excited to be doing that. I think that's what I'm most excited about, actually, because mm. it will be quite funny as well, those video elements. Mm. And uh, when you create those other elements, such as video or text, is this something that you yourself write and make, or do you then collaborate with video makers or script writers? It's a, it's really a collaboration between the dancers I work with and myself. We're also, um, we have a residency later this year at Merigong Theatre Company in Wollongong. And through that um, residency, we're working with a theatre director, and louise Rentel, who's going to act as, as a dramaturg and, and help shape some of the, the spoken text stuff um, because I think it's a bit outside of my skill set what I want to achieve with that. So it'd be great to have someone 
who's an expert in in making devised work based on people's personal experiences. I think um, that will be really helpful to shape what we want to say in a more thoughtful way, mm. if that makes sense. It does. And also, given that you, that performers that you work with, I assume, are dancers, uh, I'm wondering how comfortable are they speaking the text on stage and how do you bring them into the state of comfort where they feel that that's something that they um, can do as well as actors on stage? Yeah, I think for dancers, a lot of dancers I've worked with feel that they they can't act like they're not actors but for me as a as a dancer I feel like acting is a huge part of what we do we might not use words to do it but we're acting with our bodies so I think we all have that skill set inside of us and it's just feeling safe and comfortable to take risks and try that and and not feel judged and I think this space that we work in together is is a pretty safe space where people feel that they can try something that they're not comfortable with and and not feel judged. Um, but I definitely think having a theatre director come on board just to give them some little tips on on feeling comfortable with that is, is going to really elevate what they do. Mm. And how many dancers is this uh, piece having in it? And who are they? Maybe you can name them. Yeah, so I'm working with um, a group of dancers that I've, some I've worked with since I was at uni many years ago, and some of which I've worked with the last couple of years. So um, Steph Wyburn and Kate Garrett, I went to uni with, and I've known them forever. Uh, Raina Takeuchi, Courtney Allerton, and Tina Moss are the dancers that I'm working with. So there's there's six of us, including me. You're on East Radio 89.7 FM. We are in conversation with performer and choreographer Bonnie Curtis, who is telling us about uh, their multidisciplinary work called Girls Gone Wild, which is being currently developed as part of March Dance Festival. Bonnie, you have also described this work as experimental. Uh, you have spoken now about this multimedia and multidisciplinary aspect of it. Is this where experimentation comes from, or do you see it uh, as pertaining something else as well i think the multidisciplinary approach is is where it becomes experimental because you know for for people with a dance background uh doing things outside of dance is always an experiment um outside of your comfort zone but i think for me what i see is kind of the experimental and subversive part is placing women's anger in a public forum and mm -hmm. And allowing their voices to be heard and shared and identified with, I think that's that is the experimental nature is really giving that voice and that rage center stage. Mm. And the dancers that you work with, uh, what is their uh, experience or how do they the outcome that they're feeling within their bodies when they are allowed to express these emotions because i assume that choreography is then quite wild am i right to imagine that that there is this kind of unleashing within the way that they move and you know through the projection of the voice yeah yeah and i think uh the the projection of the voice for them has probably been the most challenging but Every week that we were rehearsing this particular segment that has like quite a loud voice, 
each week their voices would get louder and louder and louder and and it was so exciting um, to fe- to feel their energy rise and them to feel more comfortable with expressing their emotions and and having a release because we quite often don't. Mm. It's yeah, so it's um, I think it's been challenging for them in finding that within themselves, but I think it's been a rewarding experience. Mm. Yeah, with it within that challenge, I imagine it would be another thing that you said uh, that you're using as one of the tools or maybe strategies in your work is uh, humor. Um, so, is this something that is also applied to this piece, "Girls Gone Wild"? And if so, in what ways is this coming across? And what is the effect that it has? Yeah, we're we're definitely using humor. We were speaking about it this morning. Um, of the trajectory of the work that it could go one way and become quite a serious dark work. But the trajectory I want it to go in is to have those serious and dark elements, but also be funny because no one wants to sit through 55 minutes of, of anger constantly. People want to laugh. People want to feel that there is some light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. And my work generally doesn't have, the conclusion of a happy ending it's it's usually left quite um things are unanswered always at the end of my work so i think without comedy it becomes like a traumatic experience for the audience and i don't want that and if we can't laugh at how uh how how un what's the word how not equality things are for us and you know life becomes very depressing and I think comedy is a much easier way for people to digest serious topics. Mm. And if I'm correct, uh, you said that the video is going to have that element of humor or comedy as well. Do you want to speak a bit about the video? Yeah. So the videos will act as, um, I guess, those annoying YouTube ads that kind of interrupt at the worst times in a video that you can't skip. And they're going to be selling like terrible products to women. We've we've got a couple ideas um, of what they are, and like they're a bit ridiculous. But um, they're going to be the comedies. These things of uh, how to be a more palatable woman. Maybe you have a thing that you put on your head and it shuts you up so no one else can hear you. Um, that's how you can express your angers is when no one else can hear you type thing. Um, and that will tie in with this these things that create inequality for women. Mm. This work has been in development for a little while now. I believe that you already had some sharing uh, in March last year. Uh, so I'm wondering at what stage of development are you now? Is it close to be finished? You, you mentioned that you will have another residency uh, in uh, Wollongong. Um, so yeah, how, how far are you and how long does this process of making a piece usually take? Is it three, four years that it requires? Um, in, in the past, it's like I've created works in like four months, um, which feels rushed because it kind of is um but this i feel like we're halfway there and i really wanted to take my time making this work so i would be able to do it justice and not rush because it is there's quite a lot of 
serious underlying topics in the work that I didn't want to just kind of scratch the surface on. I really wanted to make sure that we did it the right way. Um, we're kind of at the point where we have a bunch of material that we've developed and we're at the the challenging part of deciding what we keep and what we get rid of and what we kind of rework. And for me, this is really the difficult part that I hate. I really like creating stuff and seeing the possibilities. And I think it's it's the decision-making process and getting scared that I'll make the wrong decision. Mm. And uh, at the end of this week, uh, on Friday the 17th at 2 p.m., you will also open this space to audience who can come and show the development uh, and see the development and give you some feedback. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so th there will be um, a showing at the end at 2 p.m. on Friday at AMPA. And we'll show some stuff that we've been working on this week and there'll be like a, a Q&A with the audience. We did this in a showing that we had last year, which was super helpful. So I started by asking the audience some questions I had about what they interpreted, what they got out of what we showed them. And then um, they had questions for us and it was a really valuable tool to see how to see how people perceived it and if we were getting across what we wanted to say, but also the things that, really resonated with them and and hearing about their thoughts around that was really awesome like there's there's a lot of women in the room and it felt like they could share their thoughts and their feelings that maybe they weren't able to share in in another space and I think that was super beautiful so I'm hoping that we can create a similar atmosphere where people feel comfortable to share their thoughts and feelings to help us shape the work. Mm. And then you also mentioned how one of the things that you like working with is uh, audience interaction within the piece itself. Is this something that you will implement in this work? Yeah, I'd like to. COVID really killed audience interaction mm. um, for, I'm sure, a lot of, a lot of um, makers and artists. But for me, it's so important that we will find a COVID safe way to have the audience interact. We have a, I have a couple ideas, but they're not, I wouldn't say that they're fully formed ideas. They're just random thoughts that have popped in my head that I thought, oh yeah, I don't know if this is good or if it's actually terrible. Um, so once we kind of know where where we want the audience action, audience interaction to sit and how we want that to drive the work, then we'll figure out a COVID safe way to do that. Mm. And what commonly inspires you in implementing this audience interaction in the work? What is the uh, additional effect of the work then when the audience is engaged in that way rather than just sitting back and watching or listening? I think they, re they get a lot more out of it because they're more invested because they're actually part of the work. And and for me as, as an artist, I really am super fascinated by how people behave and how they interact and kind of the group, group dynamics. So for me, I really want to see how people engage with these scenarios that are not your day-to-day -day scenarios. It's kind of like reality TV, but in, in a dance theater type thing, You're seeing, seeing how they, they interact with the challenge that's thrown at them of, 
Do they embrace being part of the show? Do they reject that? Do they sit back and watch? Do they go well beyond what I thought they would do? And, you know, those surprising moments of how how they interact with the with the dancers and the show. Mm. It's it's every show is different. The ones that we've had audience interaction with, in Girls, 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 we performed like across Australia and in New Zealand. And each show, the audience interaction was different, and and surprising. You'd think that some audience would be super conservative, do the bare minimum and sit down and not engage, but some of them went like above and beyond and were so engaged with it. It was it was really awesome. Mm. You're listening to performer and choreographer Bonnie Curtis uh, on Easter Radio 89.7 FM. We are talking about their March Dance residency uh, where they're developing work called Girls Gone Wild. And this work looks at social expectations and gender roles and reclaims female right to emotions of anger and rage. And Bonnie has just stepped out of the studio uh, starting her residency today at AMPA. So after we finish talking, Bonnie, you will go back in with your uh, dancers and collaborators. So what is today going to be looking like in the studio? Yeah, so today we're looking at stuff that we developed in our March dance residency last year and seeing what what we want to keep, what we feel doesn't serve a purpose anymore and, you know, how how do we shape things. And I've come into the studio with questions around um, how how does an angry woman sound? How do they look? What is it what does it mean to be angry? And how does that anger kind of um, manifest and express itself in the body in in our the actions that we do and we're looking at the material that we already have through that lens of okay does this material that we have does the music we're using does this kind of answer the questions that we're asking Mm. and do these uh, collaborators of yours do they get to share what they're angry about as a as a way to start shaping the work yeah, so we do pretty much every rehearsal at the beginning is I give everyone a writing task. Sometimes it might be purely just write a couple of pages on whatever's in your head or it might be, uh, for example, when was the first time someone ever told you that you're not acting like a lady or you're not being a good girl or a scenario that kind of sits around the things that make women angry and then we would go around and we would share whatever we felt comfortable with and then we would use that to drive the material that we created in that particular rehearsal. Mm. And in terms of music that you are inspired by when you make this work or that you play in the studio in development, what are some of those tunes that drive the work in that way? So I really like using classical music because I think it has this dramatic... um, tone that it brings to the work but I also really like working with modern music that people know and people already have a preconceived idea about maybe they've seen a music video maybe it was the theme of their teenage years like something that people have an emotional connection to because I think using that and working against that is quite interesting but for this work um, we've been using a particular classical music song and it's kind of the the symbol of the the power structures that be that oppress and and tell women to be quiet and 
and all those things or the gender roles that we're fighting against. Um, and then what I want to use is that song as like a recurring musical motif that that plays at different points but with different instrumentation. So maybe it's with a violin, maybe it's with a harp or um, a xylophone or some some other something to give it a different feeling but still the same song and then kind of intertwining more electronic and punk music as the the pushing against these structures. Mm. And the classical piece that uh, you have mentioned to me earlier was Eric Satie. Um, yes. And so I might take us out today with that track followed by the one from Peaches that you also picked up, which is Boys Wanna Be Heard. There might be a slight language warning with that one. Thank you, Bonnie, for taking time out of the studio today. Uh, and I hope you will have a really successful uh, residency. And on the Friday 17, 2 p.m., please come and give Bonnie some feedback at EMPA. Thank you so much for having me. Euronisa Radio 89.7 FM. As I just said, that was Bonnie Curtis, choreographer and performer, who is currently undertaking her March Dance residency, developing a multidisciplinary work, Girls, Girls Gone Wild, which is uh, looking at unleashing female right to emotions of anger and rage. You can come and experience a part of this work in development this Friday, March 72 p.m. To find out more, head to marchdance.com marchdance.com that is we'll take short music break after which I will be in conversation with another March Dance Festival artist her name is Mara Glass and uh, she will be here to tell us all about her work Let Them Be Messy which similarly to Bonnie explores the current suppression of female emotions and imagines what may happen in a hypothetical matriarchal society where women are afforded same rights as men. Stay tuned to ESAD FM to find out more and also remember our 40 for 40 fundraiser where you can donate a small amount to help us celebrate our 40th birthday and ensure we stay on air for another 40 years head to esidefm.org to donate this is esid radio